Hallelujah. How many of you guys have been following, you know, for the past few weeks, we've been talking about different things, you know, uh, in, you know through the sermon. And today, I'm going to start a three-part sermon uh, with you, all right, uh, just based on, on uh, one verse, okay, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. But before that, I want to tell you a story. One day, a pastor, you know, and, and one of his members who is a taxi driver, they, one day, for whatever reason, both of them died and, and they went to heaven. And when they reached heaven at the pearly gates where Peter was standing, and, and Peter welcomed them and said, wow, you know, both of you have been faithful, amazing, and, you know, welcome to heaven. And I will bring you to your reward and to see, you know, what you have done and, and the mansion that you're going to receive. So Peter took the pastor and brought him to see his mansion. It was amazing. And the pastor was like, wow, you know, thank you so much. You know, for this, wow, you know, all the years of my hard labor, yeah, the labor of love, the, and, and finally I've come to a place where, yeah, I've I received my, my, my reward in heaven. And then, then Peter took the taxi driver to his reward. And to the pastor's surprise, the taxi driver's mansion was far bigger. But yet, the pastor, being a pastor, he, he just kept quiet, but he was really, you know, dis disappointed and discouraged. He said, how can, you know, I've done so much. How can this taxi driver, my member, you know, have, have a bigger mansion than, than I was? So, but he, he, finally, he just couldn't, you know, take it anymore. He went to Peter and said, Peter, why did the taxi driver have a better reward than I, I do? So, Peter just looked at him. You know why, Pastor? When you preach, people slept. But when the taxi driver drove, people prayed. Some of you caught it, some of you didn't, all right? But anyway, yeah. But anyway, uh, what I'm trying to say is this. Please don't sleep during my sermon, all right? <laughs> amen, amen. It was, it was just a story, all right? It's, it's not a real account, okay? So let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. And it says this. But since you excel, everybody said excel, in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. You know, the church in Corinth, there were many things. And Paul, uh, most, of, most part of his letters to the, Corinth, the, to the Corinthian church, the church in Corinth, is this that Paul always have to discipline them. Paul always have something not so good to talk about them. But yet here, Paul said this, since you excel in everything, this is one of those good things. All right, there are very few good things that Paul had to say about the church in Corinth. So it says that you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in love we have kindled in you, see that you also excel in this grace of giving. I want to take all of us through a three-part series on excellence. And we're going to divide this verse into three parts, all right, of excelling. Number one is faith and speech. So I'm going to lump it together, all right? Number two is knowledge and earnestness. And number three, love and giving. So today, I'm going to talk to you concerning faith and speech. But let us lay the foundation on what excellence is all about. In the day that we are living in, excellence has always been directly linked with results. Those of you who are students, you are a student, you will know that getting distinctions for all your subjects is proof of excellence. Am I right? So a lot of times when, when you bring back your, your results or your report card home, when it's all distinction, people say, wow, you, you're excelling. So if you are a working adult, getting paid well and having nice things in life are proof of excellence. So if you drive a nicer car, you stay in a nicer place, means that you are excelling, you know, in what you do. But if you are in ministry, having a big ministry or a thriving ministry, they are proof of excellence. Like, wow, church is growing. Wow, this church must be excelling. Wow, the, 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 the ministries are thriving. Wow, you know, people just can't wait to sign up to serve. Wow, it's, it's proof of excellence. But are these so-called proofs 
really good indications of what excellence is really about? If we are talking about just quantity, we are just talking about just the external appearances of things, I think many of us are not really excelling. Am I right? I'm one of those students in life where D means D. Nowadays, in, in your studies, when you get a D, it means you get a distinction. You get a high D. You get a D, you get a, a high D. In my time, when I get a D, it's always low D or bottom D. Yeah, A, B, C, D. And if, if that is just merely the proof of, of you just excelling in your studies, uh, means you know, good results are, are, are indication of excellence, then not many people are really excelling in their studies. Working. Those of you who are working, if, if really your pay is, is a proof of excellence, then I think many of us are not really excelling in our work. Because every one of you would think that you should be paid more. Am I right? Then what you're doing? Young adults, you are, adults, you agree with me, you lift up your hands. Yeah? So you would think that you should, so then it's not really excelling. So I want to talk to you first. We laid the foundation of what excellence is all about. There are three things that, that you know, that we're going to just quickly run through. Number one, excellence is exceeding expectations. Excellence is not just about meeting the minimum requirements or just doing the bare minimum. And I can tell you this as Christians, there's no such thing as a bare minimum Christian. There's no bare minimum Christianity. You're either all out for Jesus or you're not. Either you're hot or you're cold. Lukewarm has no place. But there are people who think that as long as they just do enough to get into heaven, the parable of the talents tells us that you risk losing your place in the kingdom of God. Remember, the one that given five talents went and traded and gained five more, and the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. The one with the two, likewise, did likewise, traded and gained two more. And the master says, well done, good and faithful servant. The one that was given the one talent, hid it in the ground. So when the master returned, he gave back to that, that, that one talent to the master. And the master says, you wicked and lazy servant. You should have done more with this. So the problem is this, that a lot of times we, we just live bare minimum. And we think that just getting into heaven is going to be it. But friends, I said earlier on, we risk losing our place in the kingdom of God. In fact, Jesus in Matthew chapter 4, verse 51 says, go the extra mile. Go the extra mile. So in our lives, not all of us are going to be distinction students. Not all of us are going to have equal pay. Not all of us are going to earn five figures. Maybe to some of you today, five figures is, is not really a lot of money. When I started work, five figures included the decimal point. So the thing is this, friends. It must exceed the expectation, your own expectations. Because I believe that God has given to each and every one of us certain talent, certain giftings. Some of us may do well, better in our studies. Some of us may not. But don't let results determine your excellence in life. If you can do beyond what is expected, your expectations, I think that you are on the way to excel. You get what I mean? You may not be a distinction student, 
But at best, you are a B student. It's nothing wrong with that. But if you just keep doing the bare minimum and you're just, you know, just staying at D, knowing that you can be a B, then you're actually robbing yourself of what excellence is all about. Don't end up being a bare minimum Christian because there's no such thing as a bare minimum Christian. Number two, excellence is an attitude. Excellence is not an act. A lot of things that we said early on concerning your, your, you know, your results, concerning your pay and, and you know, ministry and stuff, all this is, is external, it's an act. And the very fact is this, if we only excel once, it is not excellence. You get what I mean? If you can, if in your whole entire life, you only excel once, it's not really excellence. Excellence should be an attitude in all that we do. You know, Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 to 24 says this, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. So friends, our attitude would be that no matter what we do, if we sweep the floor, we sweep it well. If our job is to clean the toilets, we clean it well. You know, I, I, this morning I just you know, uh, spoke to, to our ushers and I told them this, hey guys, you know what you need to do is this, that you know, there's two bottles of Dettol spray here, please use it without you know, being sparingly. Just use it as you want. Just spray the, the, the toilet after people use. Just spray. It's fine. And then you know what they told me? Say, Pastor, yeah, you know, we, we, will, we will sanitize, you know, every other time so that this place will, will, will be clean. So I look at them, I say, wow, this is amazing. And I know that they are not just doing it for because I told them to. But they are doing it because they know that they are serving the Lord. Friends, not everybody is going to be on stage. But it doesn't matter. There's no difference between serving on stage and serving off stage. But whatever that we do, we are doing it unto the Lord. We serve God. That's our motivation. If we know that, then our attitude will change. We don't come in grumpy. We don't come in, you know, picking on people. You know, sometimes when, when we forget that we are actually serving the Lord, you know what happens? We think that what we do is more important than people. Don't talk to me right now. I'm busy. Can't you see? I need to finish my breakfast first before I... You know, I, I, I need to finish my coffee before the service starts. That's not the way, friends. We know that we are serving God. Amen? So I always encourage our, our, our leaders, our members, as we serve, you know, always smile. Of course, now with the mask, it's, it's very difficult to smile, right? But hey, when you smile, your eyes can show. Unless you have very small eyes. Okay, number three, excellence is a continual pursuit. Excellence is not a goal, which many people today think that excellence is a goal. But it is a continual process. It is not about reaching a certain level. That's why I always hear the people, always, I'm not there, I'm not there. Where? What are you talking about? If you think you are there, something is wrong. It's always about pressing on. Even Paul wrote this in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Yet, my brothers, I do not consider myself to have arrived spiritually, nor do I consider myself already perfect. But I keep going on, grasping ever more firmly that purpose which Christ has grasped of me. So we keep pressing on. 
We have heard that, that phrase, familiarity breeds contempt. But this does not just happen to relationships. Yes, we know that if we are not careful in relationships, familiarity will breed contempt. Just because you know me for so long, I know you for so long, we take it for granted, we, we don't even learn how to respect each other anymore. That's why for me, I always make it a point when it comes to relationships, especially with my mentors. No matter how close I am to them, I will always maintain the respect distance with them because I know that God has placed them over my life. I never see them, hey, you know, oh, I'm busy. Hey, pastor, please don't talk to me right now. I'm busy. I don't. I respect them. Familiarity, risk contempt, but you know, in relationship, but it also can happen to what we do. Because we are so familiar, we are so good at doing something that we don't excel anymore because we're just very comfortable to stay where we are. This happens especially with us, with our talents. We don't press on. I can honestly tell you, every week, when I prepare messages, when I prepare sermon, there's still that, that part inside me. I've been doing this for so many years. I've prepared thousands of sermons in my lifetime up till now. But every time, there's still that butterfly in my stomach thinking at God, you know, I, I think I, I really need to do better. Every Sunday after I, I preach, especially now online, it's being recorded, I will go back and I turn on YouTube and just view what I, I you know, I preach and I look at it. It's like, yo, sometimes I wish I didn't say that. I wish I, I, I could say it differently. I learn to be better. Because some people say, Pastor, it's good that you do that because every time when you log on, you, you boost up the wheel. <laughs> so, but that's not my concern, all right? Yeah. But we need to press on. Musicians, you know this very well. If you don't press on, you always stay at where you are. Those of us serving, those of us who are, you know, doing visual, yeah, the media, we keep pushing forward. Those of we are doing, yeah, the videos or the video camera, manning the video camera, they are always trying to, to have better angles and so that, you know, it makes the service more exciting in a sense. I thank you for that. But how about us? As Christians, as believers, have we been so familiar with our Bible, with sermons, with worship that actually breeds contempt in our lives? That's why there's no excellence anymore. Even in giving. I like what, what Joel's uh, illustration this morning. He took out a bar of Kit Kat and he bite one, or, one part off and then you know, put it as a give it to you. But you know what? Sometimes our attitude is not even like that. We bite off the Kit Kat, we lick all over the remaining, and we say, nah. But sometimes that's our attitude when we come before God. I only come to church when I'm free. I only serve God when I feel like it. I only give if I have the extra or I don't need it. There's no excellence anymore. I'm glad that we could come back to physical service because I think that if longer we are in just the, you know, online service, then we, get, we are going to get lazier and lazier. I'm just wondering how many of you watching this are still in your pajamas. I wonder how many of you, you know, attending service online, right now, you're having your breakfast. And then we just attend service to fulfill an obligation. There's no excellence in that, friends. There's no excellence in that. Yeah. So how do we excel in faith? So we're going to talk about excelling in faith and in speech. So we're going to talk about excelling in faith. You guys all right? Am I making sense? So there are two ways to excel in faith. 
If you want to excel in faith, firstly, your faith must grow. Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if we want to grow our faith, we must have the word of God in our lives. Faith should never be based on experience alone. I think all of us, we, we grew up thinking that faith has a lot to do with only experience. Faith has a lot to do with the Word of God. When we read the Word of God, when we study the Word of God, when we meditate on it, do we allow the truth of God to change us? Because if there's no change, there's no growth in our faith. How many of you, you just, you know, listen to a sermon or just read to just base, you know, your, your whole entire need is, is just based that you want to be inspired? If that's the only thing, then you are not growing your faith. That's why, why people, they, they might, you know, at a certain point in their lives, they experience a breakthrough, but yet their lives never change because God's Word never grow in their lives. So when God's Word doesn't grow, in their lives, faith doesn't grow. So there's no depth. You know, I, I, I really want to encourage you. Every Sunday when you listen to a sermon, no matter I preach or whoever preach, I want you to really have a good and solid foundation. If I say something or any preacher on, on this pulpit say something that's not right, something within you will, will be an alarm. Say, so, hey, you know, be like the brethren, uh, the, 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 the Bereans, not the brethren, the Bereans. Our brethren, brethren, the Bereans, okay? <laughs> be like them. Even when Paul preached, they still go back and check. They read. I pray that you go back today and you read 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7, and you mull at it, you you. you Think, you know, you just go through and, and, and just keep on, you know, chewing on it for the entire week and see whether what, what I preach today is right or not. I, I would rather you do that than just sitting down here and say, oh, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I really cringe when, when people say, you know, things like, you know what pastors say? Sometimes people always use that to, to misquote me. Because they want to do something for themselves. They say, hey, you know, pastor say. Don't just pastor say. What the word of God says is important. Amen? So we must read, we must study, we must meditate on the word of God. So friends, chicken soup for the soul won't be enough. You know, last week we, we, in CG, we, you know, uh, I think one of the questions is how do you grow you know, in, in, spiritually in, in, in this time of, of the pandemic? And, and one of them says that, you know, uh, they talk about daily bread. Yeah, the little devotional book. Some say, you know, I, I just go through that, that one verse of the day. The worst of the day because the Bible app gives you that. But I want to encourage us. It's a good way to start, but don't stay there. Excellence means you need to keep on. Do you read God's word for, for it itself? Sometimes we are so excited about a book than the Bible. We should be excited about the Bible. I don't know how many times you have read through the Bible. I've read through it. And yet every other time, I still find nuggets of truth that will speak to me. Say, wow. I've read this verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. Yeah, for so many times in my life. But yet, today, I've seen it in a different light. That's how powerful God's word is. Amen? So it brings us deeper into our understanding of who He is in our lives. Secondly, faith requires actions. Everybody say actions. So, firstly, yeah, we grow in faith by, uh, we, we, you know, we excel in faith by growing our faith through God's word. Secondly, faith requires actions. James chapter 2, verse 14 to 26 says that faith without action is dead. 
This whole entire, you know, 13 verses in there that talks about that faith without actions brings to nothing. So we know that faith requires actions. And these actions will always move us or get us out of our comfort zones. How many of you know that faith does not keep you in a comfort zone? It moves you out. Always remember that excelling in faith is, is not about not stumbling, but it's always about obedience. Faith moves us to obedience. And how many of you know that that word obedience is never easy? It's never comfortable? It always goes against the grain of, of what we want. That's why we need to obey. So it requires actions. My question to every one of us is this. When was the last time that you can confidently say, confidently say, that you have did something out of faith. You took an action. You acted upon faith. When was it? Or has things just become, just, you know, go through, going through the motions of life? You know, just this last week, me and Pastor Brenda, we, we are in the midst of, of uh, you know, planning for, for our new place, the renovation for the place. And when the quotation came, we got a shock because it was really a lot more than what we have expected or what we, you know, have uh, uh, prepared to, 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 you know, to, to pay for. And, and we were like, wow, you know, where are we going to get the money? But then at the same time, we told ourselves, hey, you know, God has always been faithful I think this, you know, this week, I, we, told that I, we, we, we talked about it at the beginning of the week. I think that we need to do something in faith. We know of, 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 of someone, you know, a couple who, you know, who is about to give birth. And, and I told uh, Pastor Brenda, I said, you know, why not we, we do something for them? Yeah, we, we, we give them a gift. And I can tell you this, what we gave we could actually buy a very, uh, we could actually buy a nice washing machine with that money. Is it needed for our new place? Yes. But we say, hey, let's do something. Let's bless them. We took a step of faith. Even though we know that by doing that, we're going to have, you know, we have to think of how we, we're going to be able to come up with, with the remaining budget of, of whatever that we need to do. But God is always faithful. And I want you to know that, you know, God always honor an action that's inspired by faith. I want, I want to tell you this. It's always worth to get out of comfort zone when we know that when faith is knocking at the doors of our hearts, say, do something. Even though it's uncomfortable, uncomfortable even though it, it may cause you to not have a washing machine, <laughs> but it's going to be worth it. You know, the moment we gave and, and somehow joy just filled our hearts. We say, wow, thank you, God. And you know what? The worry for that whole entire renovation was no longer there. Say, whatever comes, it will come. And we trust God for that. Amen? Because God is good. We must constantly grow in our faith and that Faith must always be accompanied by actions. Amen? All right, so remember this. We excel in our faith through growing in our faith and then also through actions, taking actions in faith. Then how do we excel in speech? Everybody says speech. Faith and speech are always connected. I've never seen a person who has faith would be far with his words. How many of you have seen someone who is filled with faith always say, you know, I don't think it can be done. Are you sure, Diana? 
No one will say, you know, hey, I'm full of faith, but I don't think I can be healed. I'm full of faith, but I don't think that God, you know, can do this. It doesn't work that way. I've never seen someone who is filled with faith or full of faith always having words that are very negative that comes off from their mouth. James chapter 3, verse 11 to 12 says this, Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. So we must understand that our speech is very important. What we say, well, I, the Bible says in the book of Proverbs, Life and death is in the power of the tongue and we shall eat the fruit of it. So it's important that we, our speech must be in line with our faith. So we excel in our speech by firstly speaking sparingly. James chapter 1 verse 19 says that we ought to be quick to hear and slow to speak. But the problem with many of us, we are slow to hear and quick to speak. How many of you have met people in your life that, that they are very eager or, or, you know, they just can't wait to give you advice for your life? Even before you share your problem, they already have advice for you. How many of you met people like that? How many of you enjoy being in company of people like that? I don't. Bible tells us, slow to speak, but quick to listen. Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19, the New Living Translation says, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. So those of you who pilipala, Be careful because too much talk will lead to sin. So we have to be watchful with our words. Control our words. Don't be so quick to speak, but be slow to listen, to hear. Amen? You guys okay? Or are you slow to speak this morning about your amens? Friends speak sparingly. Over talk about an issue will always spell disaster. When you talk about someone, when you talk, you know that it is too much already. When it becomes a personal attack, you have to be very careful to take a step back. Yeah? Secondly, we excel in speech by speaking to build up. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, the Passion Translation says, And never let ugly or hateful words come from your mouth, but instead let your words become beautiful gifts. Wow! Words can be beautiful gifts that encourage others. Do this by speaking words of grace to help them. Do you know your words can be gifts? And I can honestly say this. Your words can be more valuable than a physical pr present. Friends, how are we using our speech? Are we building people up or are we tearing them down? We must not tear people down. We must build up. Our words should be, should give to those who hear, not take away from them. Amen? We eat the fruits of our speech. So those of you who have always been negative with your words, it's time to change. 
I'm not talking about, you know, superficial, you know, positive thinking or speech. I'm talking about the promises of God. You know, if you are, if your life is in line with God's word, I can honestly say this. The words that come forth from your mouth is going to be spring of life to those that are around you. It changes the atmosphere of the people that you talk to. No matter how negative they are, something changed. Amen. So we must be careful with our words. Let our words spring with life. Use it to bring life, to build up and not to tear down. Can your words be beautiful gifts? You know, I... Me and Pastor Brenda, we, you know, Junjie is going to be six months old uh, this coming week. And time really flies, you know, and... And last night, we were just looking through our... You know, now, I, I tell you this, this happens to every new parent, all right? After your, your, your baby is born, your phone will be just filled with videos and photos of them. Yeah. Uh, Kelvin can tell you that, you know, and, and you know. And I, I tell you, it's so funny because we'll look through and, and all the time, you know, we, we, we see there's always this one consistent question that we always ask Junjie. Why are you so cute? Why are you so cute? You know, I mean, just, I'm really, me and Pastor Bernard, we are very biased. Every parent is very biased. Their babies are always the cutest one. Okay, so it's, it's not good. You know, and, and I, I and somehow, I just sat down with Pastor Bernard, we, we just laugh and laugh and laugh. And, and we say, hey, yeah, you know, it's, it's just that it's amazing. You know, that God has given us this, this gift. It's really a joy after so many years. And we, we look at each other and we said, we must be godly parents to bring him up in the ways of the Lord, to speak life, the word of God, into his, even at this young age. Yeah. That we, we, we want to be able to bring God's word. That's why we, we, you know, whether he understands or not, we, we will read Bible stories to him. Yeah, sometimes when I, you know, when I, uh, turn on my, my phone and there's a Bible app, you know, and, and you know, the worst of the day. Yeah, and, 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 and I will go to him and I, I will read it to Junjie. I say, JJ, this is God's word today. And I, I'll read it to him. Yeah, I don't know whether he understands or not. Pastor Brenda always laugh at me and say, you know, dear, I think you are a very bad storyteller. Every time when you, you know, uh, you tell a Bible story to Junjie, Junjie, will cry. <laughs> I remember I told him about the story of David and Goliath. Halfway through, he cried, you know. So I say, what happened? So as I told Pastor Brenda, I, I don't think I'm very good at children's church. Huh? But I, 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 I told Pastor Brenda myself, I, we, we should never fail in speaking God's word in his life. Even at this young age, whether he understands or not, it doesn't matter. We speak. God's word. I think that's very important. Yeah, rather than always complaining, you know, why are you always crying? Why are you so noisy? Why are you, you know, why aren't you sleeping? Why can't you talk, you know, talk faster? Why can't you start walking now? You're six months. But you see, the problem is this. We don't do that. We know that that is nonsense, right? In our physical world. But we often do that in our spiritual life. For instance, I said this before. People always say, you know, I don't think I'm there yet. I'm, I'm not spiritual enough. I'm not. Come on, guys. Stop saying things like that. I don't think I'm ready to serve. When are you going to be ready to serve? I don't have a manual when you are ready to serve. I can honestly tell you up to today, I can still say every Sunday, I'm still not ready to preach. But that kept me drawing closer to God. You understand what I'm getting at? So don't be negative. Maybe you are not a distinction student. It's okay. 
Why should you, you know, be affected by that? Some people, they just can't do it. You know, if, if they are the best student in their class, but they are not the best student in their entire faculty, they get very upset. They cannot sleep for a few days. You know, I've heard students when they, you know, they have five subjects and they, they manage to get four high Ds and just one D. They get so upset and they, went, they go into depression. Just thinking you don't know what you are, what you have in life. And then sometimes parents, I'm talking to parents this morning, sometimes you compare your kids based on their results. But I think that you need to know what is best. For you must know, you know, the gifts that your, your child has. Not everyone is going to be great students. Pastor Brenner always remind me this. He said, dear, one thing is this. Don't put unnecessary expectation on Junjie. Both of us are pastors. Don't expect him to be a pastor. If that's not his call in his life. You know, uh, our nephew Gideon, you know Gideon, right? Yeah, Sarah's son. He's uh, seven, eight years old now. And when Junjie was born and the first time he saw Junjie, and he said this, how come JJ look exactly like Uncle Ryan? So is he also going to be a pastor? <laughs> so funny, you know, some kids, right? They say things, right? It's just amazing. Then Brenda, you know, look at me and say, you know, we should never put on our kids based on our expectations. Let them be who God called them to be. Pastor Brenda asked me one day, he said, what if one day he, 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 he becomes a hairdresser? So I said, if that's his call, then be the best hairdresser that he can be. Yeah, maybe he, he'll cut jeans hair for 2,000 ringgit. You know, I don't know, I mean, by all means. <laughs> I, told, I told Pastor Brenda this and it's okay, I just talk, you know, tell, tell some of our, you know, parenting one, you know. I say, you know, dear, I, I'm 44 years old. If let's say I live up to 77 or 78, yeah, JJ will only probably be 31 or 32 years old. Yeah. I, I say, you know, if he becomes a millionaire by 30, I think I, I still have some years that I can enjoy the fruits of my labor. I told Pastor Brenda, you are much younger, you, you have additional seven years to enjoy. You know, uh, and we all laugh and laugh and laugh. And Pastor Brenda says, you know, whatever it is, let's God's, let God's will and purpose be fulfilled upon his life as God has purpose in heaven. Let it be upon his life. I think that that is so important for us, even for ourselves. I think one of the greatest issue that most of us as Christians, we, we, we don't realize this, but also, you know, it could be so detrimental, is this we never become the person that God wants us to be. We always become the person that people expected us to be. So we serve because of the pressure of expectation. We lead because of the pressure of expectation but we have never seen ourselves doing what God has called us to be. And I can honestly tell you this, I'm really happy and fulfilled in doing what I'm doing because I know I'm doing what God has called me to do. And I want every one of us, whether you're serving, Lisa, you're playing the bass. I pray that you are not here because Kelvin, your, your, your CG leader and your worship director, uh, your worship, you know, uh, Head tells you that, you know, you must play bass. Yeah, it's not. But because that's your passion. And I know that you bought your own bass and then terrorize your neighbors. No, that's just okay, all right. <laughs> but you bought it, you play, you, you, you improve yourself. I think that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Where's Justin? Oh, 
And finally, Justin, after one and a half years of the pandemic, he bought, a, what do you call that, a, a, a audio interface. And he sounded so much better. When you begin to invest in what you know that you can do better, you are excelling. Don't do what others tell you to do or expect you, but you must know yourself. That's how we excel. Amen? We excel in our faith. We excel in our speech. Amen? Hallelujah. Can we do that? Can you be kind to yourself with your words? Can you do that? Amen? I don't know about you. Of course, you don't, you know, don't give yourself false hope. You don't wake up in the morning and you look at yourself in your mirror. Hi, good morning, handsome. always believe this, that we can, you know, we can say, God, thank you for who I am. Yeah. Thank you for making the person that I am. Thank you so much. I think life will be definitely a lot easier or more manageable if we know how to use our words well. Amen? So let's excel in our faith. Let's grow in faith. Come on, what, what's some of the actions that you need to be doing this week that requires you to step out of your comfort zone, your, your, you know, to act out in faith? Hey, let's do it, man. I tell you, the, the rewards is going to be amazing. Let's excel in our speech. Be slow to speak, but be quick to hear, to listen. Amen. And, and let our words be beautiful gifts. Turn to your neighbor, tell your neighbor, say it to your neighbor, can you just turn to someone, you know, and look at a person with your mask on and just say something nice to that person. Can you do that? Come on, just do that. Say something nice. Okay. All right. Say something beautiful. Amen. Amazing. Those of you watching online, maybe husband and wife, it's been a while since you say something beautiful to your spouse. Say something beautiful to them. Amen. Come on, let's pray. Come on, we are on this journey. Amen. Remember last week we talked about spiritual laziness. Yeah. Let's not be lazy. We, we need to grow. Even this pandemic is not a reason, it's not an excuse for us to be lazy. But we can grow. That's why we're going to go through, you know, we, we're going we're gonna to press on. Amen? Yeah. Yep, we're going to be better than before. We're going to grow more than before. Even though with limited resources per se in the physical, but I tell you what, friends, with God, all things are possible. Amen? So it's going to be a great season ahead of us. It's going to be a great season uh, in front of us. Amen? So come on, let's look to Jesus. Yeah, let's, let's grow. Come on, let's excel. Amen. If you want to excel in anything, come on, let's, let's start excelling in our faith, excelling in our speech. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, let's, let's pray. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Father, we thank you. Lord, as your word says, not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on towards that which Christ has laid hold of, of, of me. And so, Lord, we come before you. We pray that, Lord, that our spirit, our hearts, Lord, will always be excellent. That we will always press on, knowing, oh God, that there's so much that you have in store for us. So let us not just do the bare minimum. But let us, Lord, come to a place where we will keep on pressing on, knowing, oh God, that, Lord, that you have so much more for our lives, that we can draw closer to you, 
we can experience you to know you in a deeper manner. So Lord, we pray that we will excel in our faith. Lord, that we will always, Lord, be obedient to take action when the moment, Lord, that we know that we need to act out in faith, we will do it in Jesus' name. And Lord, we also want to, Lord, to excel in our speech. Let our speech, our words, be seasoned with life, with the Word of God. That our words shall flow rivers of living water. That our words will bring healing. Our words will bring life. Lord, we want to be slow to speak, but quick to listen. So Lord, thank you. And Lord, that this is a season that we can excel and we can look to you. You have so much that you have for us. So Lord, we bless you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. Come on. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God is good. Amen. God is always good in your life. Amen. No matter what you go through, remember this. Let our speech be seasoned with life. Amen. No matter how difficult it may be, God can turn ashes into beauty. Amen. No matter how difficult, there's life in God. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on, we got to learn to speak life. Hallelujah. God bless you. Have a great week ahead of you. Amen. And I pray that this series, this three-part series is going to be a blessing, you know, to, to, to our lives and, and we're going to grow and learn even more. Amen. So take care. Stay safe. Yeah. And, and we see you guys again next Sunday. Now may the love of the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. For those of you who are, you know, joining us from your home, you know, God bless you. We really hope that you could, you know, you can come back to church, you know, one of these weeks. Yeah, and we love to see you again. God bless you. Amen. This sermon has been brought to you by Harvest Generation Church. We hope you've been blessed and encouraged.